the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. What's in your financial mind? Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. No budget deal. No jobs report. No true fear. There was a little panic yesterday. I uh, work an incredibly early shift, and then I kind of like relax for a couple hours, and I worked a long day shift. Um, and there was a little bit of what's going on in Washington D.C. Like, why is the Capitol shut down? And it, that turned out to be a little anticlimactic. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, that an unarmed woman was pursued and shot to death with a child in her car. You would imagine that's typically not the case. But anyway, Um, the partial shutdown of the federal government is very, very dramatic. It's entered its fourth day, which means the employment situation report for September not going to be released today. So typically, on the first Friday of the month, that's what we're talking about. The shutdown means a lot of things to a lot of people. Some people would say our government's dysfunctional. Some people would say get to work. Some people would say you know, the Republicans are holding their own mother hostage with this whole economy uh, over Obamacare, which is, quote-unquote, the law of the land at this point in time. I think what's sad about the whole Obamacare law of the land is a lot of people don't realize that they have to go out and get health care. And it's going to be pricey. Um, My board op, who may or may not have health care with the company, let's just say he doesn't. He's going to have to go out and spend 250 bucks a month on health care. He doesn't clear 250 bucks as a part-time employee who has to drive to work. How's he going to afford that? Now, again, I'm not saying that he in particular, but people like him. And that's going to take away all of his leisure spending, and that's going to take money away from waiters and waitresses. It's going to take money away from bartenders. It's going to take money away. And then their money is going to be taken away from their kids' health care or daycare. And it has a weird trickle effect, right? So it's going to be interesting. And I don't think people have started to see the, those ramifications yet. There's apt to be some speculation that Congress will make progress over the weekend in ending the budget impasse. 
and that such progress could lead to a nice relief rally on Monday? Yes. Nice. Do we even want to look at the markets right now? Sure. Why not? I'll play. S&P 500's up 4. Dow's up 23. The Nasdaq's up 17. Gold's down 6. 10-year Treasury set 2.64%. That's a nice number. It's actually very comforting. And for those of you who want lower mortgage rates, you got them. For those of you who bought mortgage-backed securities tied towards real estate investment trust, you may have your exit point in the short term. You want panic because you want the lower rates to persist for a while. Um, I have a friend who he overweighted mortgage-backed real estate investment trusts. And I think it was a disaster. it's a mistake. Um, any yield over 6% is very problematic. And he put three massive bets on REITs, mortgage-backed, security. So there's two types of REITs. There's a mortgage-backed, and then there's like the actual property. You can own the mortgages of real estate trusts, or you can own the business and the property of the real estate trust. That's what I would prefer you do. So, anyhow and anyway, um, just unfolding the story of the day. I know you're saying, you're good at this. No, I'm really not. I'm just not. My heart's not in it today. There's some speculation that Congress is going to make progress. Yeah, that should happen, right? Congress isn't totally irrational. They know that something has to get done. It's just funny that they think they can do this to the people and that the people will buy it. And I guess they do, but I see it as just a play. Like, when I go to a play, I don't actually feel like I'm in that guy's kitchen, even though they show his kitchen and he's walking around. Like, I don't actually believe the drama. President Obama said this time is different and that Wall Street isn't right to be reasonably complacent about the debt ceiling being raised in time to avoid a default. It was stark warning, but alarm bells have yet to go off for the market. The market's not crashed yet. Could it crash? Yes. And by crashing, I mean 6, 7, 8, 9% down in a day. Next week starts the official third quarter earnings season, which is kind of like me being in Candyland. The only problem is I feel like a diabetic in Candyland right now. Like I can't eat anything because this debt ceiling could pull stuff down. J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, they're going to report their results next Friday. So a week from today, we'll be talking about that. Union Pacific issued an earnings warning for the third quarter that was based in part on volumes being flat versus the same year ago. Bank of Japan left its key lending rate and asset purchase plan unchanged. The world is not going to be changing their their view on central banking policies anytime soon. It's just not going to happen. Ooh, guess who came out? Guess who's going to have a party? Twitter. Twitter, tweet me. Hey, thank you. I just got tweeted. So Twitter ticker symbol TWTR filed their S1 filing last night, giving people a chance to look at their business a chance to look at their growth strategy and financials. It will be something that we can now compare to Facebook. It will be the most anticipated IPO since Facebook. Remember, year one was not good for shareholders. Twitter, Twitter, 
will be hoping to avoid the debacle of his Facebook's IPO. So they're going to they're going to aim low. Three main issues that plagued Facebook's IPO and updated prospectus just before the IPO. It warned that its mobile business was providing a headwind to profitability. The valuation was sky high with a trailing price to sales ratio of 20. The deal was massive with over 400 million shares involved that involved, included multiple lockup expiration periods. So, quick look at the financials of Twitter. Growth is astounding. Astounding. 2011, up 276%. 2012, up 198%. First half of 2013, up 107%. And that's where you start getting the rub. You can already see that it's growing. Revenue is slowing. Signing up and using Twitter is free for its subscribers, so it generates revenue exclusively from advertising. It says that mobile has become the primary driver for its business. It says that the three months ended June 30th, 75% of its average MAUs assessed Twitter. MAU being mobile active user primarily from a mobile device, and over 65% of its advertising was generated through mobile. So right off the bat, they have a key advantage that Facebook didn't have. Facebook said mobile was slowing, mobile was hurting them. Now, they figured it out, and they're, they're focused on that, but it took them a little bit of time. So Twitter's a little bit more uh, mature. Mature. I like maturity. Anyhow, hope you're well. There's been a ton of buzz surrounding the IPO. We'll talk about it. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we'll talk about. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Not a car guy. I do believe that a Tesla will be in my future. But I'm not a car guy. And that tells me, like, What's happening with that stock, I don't care about. I want the product. I don't actually don't want the stock. Do I think the stock has a huge future? I do. But that doesn't mean that I want to invest in it or that I need to invest in it. Does that make any sense at all? Like, I'm at the stage of my life where I don't need growth. I had that in my 90s and 2000s. I need tempered growth. I've already, you know, gotten the molten steel in my portfolio. Now I just need to beat the snot out of it. Hopefully, when you are my age, you're the same way. Hopefully, when you're a little bit younger, you're like, I, I could use a little bit of growth. I could use a little bit of exposure to growth. <clears throat> I find that too many people make just massive mistakes when approaching their portfolios, and it's tragic. I mean, it is truly, truly tragic. So 
had an argument, and this is one of those things that uh, happens all too often. People who post it on Facebook, I think if you're on Facebook more than once a day, you've got a problem. And that's where it comes down to. I know people who get on Facebook ten times in a day, and they're like, it's a great chance for me to say, I support you, without actually telling the person, I support you. So our friend is in Hawaii showing us photos of how great she is and her kids are better than your kids and life know me. Life is wonderful. Like people know me. Facebook, very important. Facebook is the Roddenberry of social networks. You have to be important. You have to show people your importance and how great your kids are and how great you are and yeah, why not show us the photo of you waking up drunk this morning? Or still drunk, or maybe in the drunk tank. Like, we need, a, a, a instead of a brag book, we need, like, a shame book. And I know they're out there, but I want you to post it. So I don't feel like I have to support someone who's in Hawaii by giving them a thumbs up or a poke. There's a bluegrass festival this weekend in San Francisco. Wouldn't you rather have a beer with me there? Than to say, good God, that vacation looks wonderful. Hopefully you're relaxing via text. I just find the Facebook just be so socially awkward. In the sense that it's only the good thing. And again, it was kind of started to be a college yearbook and kind of a how can we network with each other and get to know each other. And it's turned into this, uh, look how great my husband is. He's fixing the roof. Dad's on the roof. Where's the photo of Dad falling off the roof, breaking his back, and, and can't change his own feces anymore? Sitting in his feces in a bed all day, and you're at work till midnight, and kids drinking all your scotch. Where's those photos? Okay. Anyway, so I'm totally digressing. That's what I don't like about Facebook. Wouldn't you rather be at a bluegrass festival that's free in the sunshine in the greatest month on the planet for San Francisco, October? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's something slightly interesting. Now is a great time of the year to buy tent. I know you're saying, I, I don't really need to buy a tent, so what are you doing to me? Well, it's the greatest time to buy tents at the end of summer. You can get up to 70% off if you buy at the end of summer on a tent. Tents are expensive, so why pay full price? October is a tricky month because November's got that Black Friday coming up. December's got that Christmas thing. So we basically run into about 45 straight days of buying with 40 days before that of, like, maybe we should save a little bit for Christmas spending. Cars are wonderful if you want to buy 2013, not 2014. Great deals. September's good, but October's better. You can save 10 to 20% on a car. I know. But you have to buy last year's model with no miles on it, but last year's or this year's model. Vacations, wonderful time to do it. Best time to go to Hawaii is not the week before Thanksgiving, not the week of Thanksgiving, but the week after Thanksgiving. <laughs> Right now, you can get some smoking deals on vacations because your pre, 
We're taking time off in Thanksgiving. We're taking time off at Christmas. We're going to Whistler. Which, for the record, if you've never been to Whistler, save some money and try to go. It's a little bit pricey. But if you go to Whistler at Christmas time and it's snowing, it's honestly like being in Santa's Village. And I know you're saying, were you doing dope? No. It's a little slice of heaven. Um, Halloween costumes? Uh, best time to buy? November 1, right? Or super, super early. The week before October 31, numerous stores like Target, Carter's, Maisier, buy costumes. They offer big discounts because they want to get rid of the Halloween costume. So, I don't know. It's to me like the best time to get Valentine's candy or Valentine's sweets and cards. February 15. So... And everyone, for the record, should totally boycott, boycott paying full price for stupid holidays. Cruises in October, wonderful time to travel. Again, because there's not a lot of demand. You can go to the Caribbean, two-person, for less than $300. Travelers get a big discount by opting for a repositioning cruise, which Newsday explains is a one-way trip that a cruise line runs to sail a ship back to its base location. That happens all the time. Broadway tickets, very slow month of October because everyone wants to go to New York in December and uh, for uh, New Year's as well as uh, all the Christmas shows as well as Thanksgiving when they get time off. So, okay. School supplies, a good time to buy right now because everyone was buying last month before they sent their kids back to school. Which, for the record, if your kid is a big Oompa Loompa, you should admit it. And say, my kid is a big Oompa Loompa, and I'm going to do something about it. We have to have minivans. We can't tote kids around in cars anymore. Because kids are big Oompa Loompas. Get your kid out and exercise. Camping gear is incredibly cheap right now. If you go to Cabela's or REI. Pop-up chairs, open-air coverings, mesh tents, 75 percent 800 1220 to get your calls in there. It's 800 1220 Sometimes saving money is just as important as making money. You're listening to me, Rob Black, talking all things financial on AM 1220, KDOW. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and Radio Station. I don't know if I trust anyone named Philip Phillips. There's just something terribly, terribly wrong with that. Who would do that to their kids? Anyhow and anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Give me a call. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Let's talk uh, that Tesla story. Stock got hit pretty hard for two days in a row. 
Does that mean you should buy the stock? It depends on what your portfolio needs. I got an email from someone yesterday asking me a very similar but kind of different question. Okay, so work with me here on this, okay? Because I don't think it's obvious what I'm going to say. Got an email from a guy who basically says, what is his name? Hold on, there it is. Should I open a self-directed account through my 401k? Name was literally Joe. And you have a 401k at your work, and you might have selected like a Fidelity Freedom Fund or Hero Price Growth Fund, or you chose something, right? I'm pretty sure you chose something, Fidelity Contra Fund. Here's the issue, in my opinion. I would prefer that you be in funds versus doing a self-directed account in your 401k. You can do it. But then suddenly you have to start doing a couple more things here and a couple more things there. You have to remember to invest the money that goes into the self-directed. You have to remember to rebalance it. You have to make decisions. I would prefer you stay with the funds, even if it's a little bit more expensive. In his case, the average mutual fund was 1.1%, and he wanted to lower his cost to do ETFs and buy for the long term and not pay that management fee. ETFs, there's still going to be some fees in them. To me, just eliminating greed and fear from potentially having to do it himself, from potentially him getting busy, from potentially him... Oops, I forgot I had that account. I'd rather him go this weekend and go to a park. I'd rather him love his children than balance his 401k and rebalance it and decide what percentage of small cap versus mid cap versus large cap versus growth versus value versus income versus international versus emerging markets. Oh, my God, is there a difference between international and emerging markets? Yeah. So, I know, I know. If he were to promise me he's going to be able to, you know, spend two hours a month on his portfolio, then fine. I just don't want him to be in the position of forgetting. Um, Diane, she actually called the show yesterday. She's asking if she should sell Vocera, Vocera and buy Salesforce.com. I've never even heard of Vocera. It's a networking equipment company that she worked for. When I took a look at the numbers, they weren't that good. Uh, very hyper growth, hit or miss kind of company. When you work for a company, that's the most dangerous stock to own. So not only do they pay essentially your rent or your mortgage, your house, your car, your health insurance, your vacations are all basically being funded by that paycheck to that company. So suddenly it becomes the riskiest stock you could own. Just because I work for a company doesn't mean I'm going to own shares. No company should you go all in on, although you could certainly get wildly wealthy, but you could also get wildly poor playing that game. You know, I own shares of Apple, and if I had gone all in, I would be filthy filthy, wealthy. Like, you'd be like, you're smoking cigars made out of dollars? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I've done good in my life. Like, I don't have to work anymore. Um, I do it in low-pay areas like television and radio. Um, But I would never, ever, ever, ever go all in on a name. Orchard supply stock is at 25 cents. Should I load up the truck? Good question. 
The answer is no. Why? Because the company is in bankruptcy. You wouldn't lend money to me if I was in bankruptcy, hopefully. I had a friend once. And this just shows you, back in my early 20s, I, I did a lot of stupid stuff. She was a female friend. She was nice enough and sweet enough. and it, She basically lost a job. And, and you know, in order to get to a new job, she needed a vehicle. And I could have signed a car loan for her. Um, I don't know why. If I thought about it, she didn't have a job. Right? Like, stop right there. That makes no sense. Just because I'm trying to be nice and helpful, she can turn to her parents. And if her parents say no, then there's something terribly, terribly wrong with either her or her parents. I'm not saying which one. I think parents do need to get their children to be financially independent. So there's a point in time where parents don't need to sign a loan. With that said, um, yeah, people, People who are distressed, and companies are people. Think of it that way. If my whole sales force argument, like should I load up the truck, should I buy my own stock that I work at, think of it as a person. That person gives you a job. That person gives you health care. That person, like you're becoming very reliant on that person. Something uh, interesting, Larry sent in an email and he said, my company has a flexible dependent care account. What's the value? It's one of those weird things that you can save money pre-tax if your kid's in, like, daycare. So at your company, you can save $5,000, and you put it towards daycare. You can't spend over $5,000 a year for this. You're not paying any federal taxes on it. It's one of those vague things that people can do to save a little extra money if their company provides it. And you know what? You have to go to HR. Hello, HR. Do we have a flexible daycare spending program, something or the other? I'm not a big fan of daycare for daycare. Let me explain. And if your kid's in daycare, I'm not picking on you. I have no problems with your kid being in like a pre-preschool. But daycare to me just feels like they make all the kids nap at the same time. And some kids don't nap at the same time. Like, that's inherently who we are as people. We're not all wired the same. So to me, it feels like it's almost torture for some children. Oh, but they got to learn how to nap at the same time. It's okay. No, I don't actually. I don't think it's okay. I know you're saying were you locked up in daycare as a kid? <laughs> no, but I do have opinions. Um, Joe sends an email and he says, um, "Yeah, so for the flexible dependent care, back to that email question. That's a great deal if you know you could lower your tax bracket by five thousand dollars if like." Somewhere in that $5,000 you kick, and you do do the daycare. Now, don't do it if you don't do the daycare. And there's all sorts of rules tied towards it, like divorced parents and single parents and um, how old the kid is. So be cautious on that. So you have to, like, educate yourself a little bit on that. Joe sent an email, and he said, um, can, long care, can long-term care insurance rates go up? Of course they can. All insurance rates can go up. If you read the fine print, they basically agree to do whatever they want to do. Insurance companies. What am I watching? 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. 
to the Twitter IPO. It's still very, very, very early before we decide to buy, sell, or hold. It's not profitable on an operating business basis. Suffering operating losses of $77 million last year and $62 million in the first half of this year. That's not a surprise. You know, given explosive revenue growth, they've been hiring a lot of people. Twitter's been pouring money into sales and marketing, research, and development. They've been ramping costs. It was, Facebook was profitable at the time of its IPO. They had healthy operating margins of 36%. The key difference between these two, and we're going to compare the two, how many eyeballs are accessing a day, how many eyeballs are accessing a night, what revenue per user, the average revenue per user, that's called ARPU. I don't know, you just like saying poo on the air. Winnie the Pooh. That was the most messed up cartoon from childhood, right? There was a donkey whose tail kept falling off. And a big fat bear who wandered around looking for honey. Just the donkey alone. That was tragic. The whole Winnie the Pooh thing, by the way, was basically a a drug-addled relief for the author. So, big difference between Facebook and Twitter. Twitter's cash flow positive, first half 2013, generating $9.7 million in cash. That's a significant improvement from year-over-year numbers. The company has a sizable cash balance already at $375 million in cash. So we're going to compare the two companies together, and the big metric that you're going to continually hear about is ARPU. If you get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Don't let me do the show by myself today. I need you. I'm lonely. A lot of buzz right now. Let's see how the old market's doing. Oh, Potbelly. Up 125% on its first day of trading. Potbelly is competition with Subway. You don't know about it. It's an East Coast chain. Let's just say it's yummy, delicious, grotesque amounts of food on a piece of carbs take a break here come back soon I still like Lulu the mom God, when I get that catalog in the mail it's like Christmas in my house I'll take a break, be right back Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. The new movie Gravity opens this week, and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing it. I won't see it for probably a month or two. I don't like crowds, but um, I see probably like two movies a year. I really don't put myself out there that much because I think. Every film's been made. Warner Brothers' new space film, Gravity, was made to be seen and experienced on a big screen. The director was insistent upon that. It took like three to five years to make the film. So I'm going to see it on a big screen. I'm not going to wait to see it on my 
TV at home in any way, shape, or form. Hopefully you get those like moments where you're like, I'm going to go check out for a little bit. I love camping because you get to check out. Love it. Uh, you know, I actually turn my cell phone off most weekends. Um, and I just hope my mom doesn't die on Saturday because I probably won't hear about it till Monday. Let's go to Ray in San Francisco. Ray, how are you? Hi, hi Rob. Um, question for you. So I recently purchased um, a variety of $30,000 worth of variety of uh, a California mini bonds, okay. and which is about 10% of my non-retirement portfolio. And um, it got me thinking. I was wondering what would happen to them if interest rates would uh, get back to normal levels. So let's say a bank interest would, a bank, a bank CD would start paying 5% again. What would happen to my bonds? Uh, you probably purchased bad bonds. If you buy them in a low interest rate environment and then a couple years later you're in a high interest rate environment or a normalized interest rate environment. Um, are you talking individual bonds? Yes. Yeah, you'll, you'll hold them until maturity or you'll sell them at a discount. Um, it wouldn't be you know, life-threatening to you in any way, shape, or form. You're not talking about a collapse because you're talking about individual bonds versus bond funds kind of run into a little bit more of a herd mentality play that forces a, a movement fast. I was talking to someone yesterday about their portfolio, and if I were to buy bonds today, I'd only buy short-term bonds, or I'd buy individual bonds that I feel comfortable with, knowing that those are the terms that I'm signing up for for a period of time. Would I buy California mini bonds? Yeah, I'm not against them. Um, now, again, every bond is different. Um, so you're telling me you're buying you know, general obligation bonds? That's totally different than like buying a Stockton um, arena bond. Do not buy a Stockton football arena bond. Um, if you want to buy something, say, in Palo Alto, like a library bond or a road bond, um, I think Palo Alto is probably going to meet their obligations. Stockton, they, they've got these dreams of, like, let's, let's set up a, a Velociraptor park. You're like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. They're desperate. So thanks for the call. Um, Velociraptors. I know you're saying, isn't that that thing that, that author created for Jurassic Park? Are they even real? Um, yeah. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Government shutdown and all. Stocks that win when workers get idled. Okay, which one do I want to talk about? Do I want to talk about pot belly or do I want to talk about government shutdown? All right, first and foremost, with Obamacare, Affordable Care Act, more money is going to be going into the healthcare sector. You have to know that. Okay? And I've done my job. I've told you that more money is going into the healthcare sector. 800. 516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Potbelly. 85% of IPOs underperform the, the S&P 500 in their first year. And yet, we live in a society that's fascinated by IPOs. I own Facebook. I'm fascinated by IPOs. Back in the 90s, I made so much stinking money on an IPO. Literally, you can buy it that day. Two or three days later, you were able to sell for 100%. Uh, it was intoxicating. Uh, the cut of a curve on a beautiful woman, intoxicating. Uh, 
six IPA Maximuses by Lagunitas. Intoxicating. Different intoxicating, but intoxicating nonetheless. IPOs intoxicating? For some people, they really are. Which I know is kind of interesting. So there's one out there today called Potbelly. If you're ever going to buy an IPO, you have to read the prospectus. Which got Facebook into a lot of trouble because they kind of changed their prospectus at the last second. When you're talking about Potbelly, you're talking about a company that makes sandwiches. So they're not... um, What's the word? They're not making nuclear fusion reactors to power the iPhone. They're making sandwiches. If you eat too many of them, you will have what's called a pot belly. 280 quick service restaurants. They're in 18 states. Guess what the goal is? Probably 49 states. Who wants to be in Alaska? Like, seriously. Serial killers? Yeah, that's what I figure live in Alaska. So, um, anyway, salad, soup, chili, homemade cookies, ice cream, smoothies, all the things that make life oh so delicious. Is there someone on the phone? He's holding till what? Get his information. We only have a minute. Just get it. Or do, should I just put him online? Let's just put him on air. We can go blind into him. It'll be risky. Who is he? Who is he? Caller, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, Rob. Hey. I like your, like your show. Um, I like your opinion on a stock I own. What is Aqua it? Aqua America. What is it? Aqua America. Yeah, it's play on water. Um, it's boring in a good way. Take some WTR. Mm-hmm. Um, are you diversified? Yes, I am. Okay. I'll talk about Aqua America as I come off break. It's kind of a boring stock in the sense that it's very utilitarian. Um, literally, people have to have water or they die. So I water my yard. I drink water. Um, I make sure that my worms have water. I know you're saying you have pet worms. I do. Um, Aqua America, $24 stock. Um, I think it's a nice long-term name, but I'll talk a little bit more about it when we come off break. You listen to Rob Black and Your Money. You can find me online at Rob Black. Hi, I'm Rob Black, host of Rob Black and Your Money. I do a show on Business Network. Hello, good morning, good day. I do, I do, to you and you and you. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Any financial questions do you have? We ended last hour with someone asking... With someone asking... A good question. What do you think about Aqua America? And it is a boring stock. And there is nothing wrong with boring stocks. Boring stocks are great. Boring stocks are wonderful. And what's that mean? You don't have to hit a home run in the stock market. That's sometimes people's big problem. Is that they think I have to hit a home run, I have to hit it now. Aqua America helps keep water clean and people quenched. Ah, refreshing. Fish swim in water. Fish do other things in water. 
I don't trust fish. But this is drinking water. It's a holding company for regulated utilities that provide water distribution and wastewater service to about 3 million American residents. Some people think that the water industry should consolidate. Like we should only have one supplier of water. Kind of like we have three or four suppliers of gasoline. So Aqua America operates in 10 states after a swap of operations for the American Water Works in 2012. So they're basically east coast and south. And we need water. And your water utility company raises the rates on water. And what do you do? I'm not going to drink it. Screw you guys. I'm not going to take a shower. Now, again, one of the most amazing stories I tell is when I came to California, the first person I dated was Canadian. She lived in Campbell. And it was a nice relationship. She was incredibly smart financial person. She had a condo apartment in Campbell. And I was up in Marin, so this was never going to work. It was just too far. But made for nice weekends and such. But so Campbell, she has this condo apartment. She showed me her utility bill. It was $4. Four dollars. Four dollars. And like, that's just the refrigerator, right? She showered at the gym. So she started her day every day by going to the gym. That's insanity to me. But that's awesome. There's some things you don't have to pay for, and that's one of them. So Aqua America is a water utility company. You can't live off water utilities alone. You need some utilities. You need some retail plays. You need some tech plays need some financial services. Your portfolio needs to be diversified. When the calamity of the White House and the Congress being dysfunctional hits, being diversified, you know, you're like, ooh, my utility stocks and telecom stocks are doing great. Because people can't say, screw you, utilities. I mean, I'm not going to shower. But right now, businesses are looking at Congress going, I wonder what they're going to cut. I wonder if we have to pay more for debt in the future because the credit rating gets slashed. And maybe they don't hire. That's the frustrating thing. First Friday of the month, we're supposed to have unemployment numbers. No budget deal, no jobs report. So now I'm flying a little in the dark, a little bit in the dark. That's not comfortable. I'm no JFK. I don't want to go down in a plane because I'm not a professional pilot. I'll fly a little bit in the dark, but not much. I know you're saying, did you just do a JFK story where you talked about the young, good-looking one who went down in a plane? Mm Mm-hmm. JFK Jr. I don't get people who uh, insist on teaching themselves, not teaching themselves, but on flying themselves. I'd rather pay a pilot myself. Oh, you've been to war and you've flown fighter squadron, jumpy, plane, comebacks. Yeah. You've done 25,000 of them. You could be my pilot. Versus the guy, yeah, I learned on the weekends while I was looking. No, thank you. Um, okay, so water, I think, is a good play. I, I, I have no problems with that. S&P 500 is looking to rebound from the slide this week. Partial government shutdown delays. September non-farm payrolls. The key indices hover near their highs today. 
Cyclical sectors have fueled much of the advance today, consumer discretionary energy, financials, and materials. Three of the four counter-cyclicals lag while healthcare outperforms. Healthcare is going to be a play for a long time. Heavy snow and thunderstorms to hit the Midwest this weekend. Awesome, right? What month is it? Oh, that's one of my favorite phrases about San Francisco. When it rains in San Francisco, it snows in Tahoe. Let's go skiing. You're with me against me because you need to pick a side. If you were living in Fremont last year and you're living in Burlingame now, your life's improved for the better. S&P 500 is up 4. The Dow's up 20. The Nasdaq up 19. 10-year charges to 2.63%. Potbelly, the IPO, which they make sandwiches, is up 125%. Today. And it's IPO release. Now, how many people own it at that? How many people are up 125% for the day? None. People who have already owned the company, who are selling their shares to the public, are up that. And they wish to dear God they could sell right now. But there's typically a lockup period. So, again, Potbelly is trying to be the Subway. Which, do you know, I don't know if you get this. Subway is famous for selling something that's six inches for five bucks. That's their claim to fame. They broke that barrier. A lunch sandwich for $5 plus tax. It's not necessarily a good lunch sandwich, but it's a lunch sandwich for $5. So Potbelly kind of looked at it, and they were doing their own little thing, and they started to expand, and it's an alternative for a fairly cheap lunch that's not McDonald's. So the fact that Subway is a piece of bread that looks a little bit better than a McDonald's piece of bread. Like, people bought into, like, hey, I could, you know, not have the worst possible thing in the planet. So, Pop Belly makes sandwiches. They're, they're sitting at $33 a share today. How much you want to bet they're going to be lower than that in 60 days? I'll, I'll put money on that one. Okay, college football coaches, stop crying. When you lose, stop crying. It breaks my heart to see. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. Iowa State lost a controversial game yesterday after Texas was given a second chance to score a touchdown to win the game. And Iowa State's coach just moans and groans and freaks out. It's so unattractive to see people who should be wearing a suit and tie to basically freak out. You know what's interesting? The um, Seahawks are favored to win the NFC this year. And I'm only saying that by um, Vegas standards. But what's interesting is they did it all with one draft. They've won 10 of their last 11 games. Um, They've had a rash of injuries, so maybe, maybe not kind of thing. But the 2012 draft was just a mega monster of a draft. And it was a draft that experts didn't like. What's that tell you about experts? This is Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. 
um, money, investing, business development, taking a look at the markets today. It's really not all that spectacular. I guess it's spectacular in the sense that the markets seem to be positioning themselves for some sort of good news over the weekend. Some sort of, you know, we got together. Lawmakers seem to be posturing more so than saluting. Saluting? Coming up with solutions? Can I just patch that right now? Um... Jack Lou's going to have a problem with which bills to pay and when. That's interesting to know. Can you imagine being America's accountant and paying bills? I don't even want to know what that looks like. Like, that's how much I don't want to know that. Um, Twitter announced their IPO. It's going to get a lot of comparisons to Facebook. So be ready for that. And that's okay. That's I think that's a, kind of a nice thing. There's news out there that J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon is going to relinquish the chairman role, something he would, did not want to do. He wanted to be chairman and CEO, so he didn't have to answer to anybody in any way, shape, or form. But J.P. Morgan Chase, Chief Executive Officer Jamie Dimon, stepped down as chairman of the lender's main bank subsidiary at the start of July. Diamond, who serves as CEO and chairman of the parent company, handed off his post. Okay, so he's not giving up the whole thing. J.P. Morgan has sought to bolster corporate governance, trying to rebuild its relationship with watchdogs after probes by regulators and a Senate panel faulted the firm for withholding information on, you know, the overseeing of the company. It's interesting to know, Jamie Dimon is probably the most important banker in America. Maybe, maybe the Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke, but I'll say Jamie Dimon. And he comes across as just the biggest Richard. And that's okay, because that's kind of what you're supposed to do. One of the reasons I invest in companies like J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo, is because if you go into a bank, they're not going to hand over money stupidly. I would never invest in the bank of Robert Black, because Robert Black tends to spend money in stupid ways. $250 dinner, not a problem. Not a problem. You know, right? Like, I can't afford that. Fred needs me to co-sign a loan when she's 20 years old, not a problem. The bank of Robert Black's pretty stupid, with money at times. Fortunately, he has enough that he could fall back on, but you get the idea. Um, this is kind of interesting. Not terribly interesting, but kind of interesting. Steve Ballmer. He received $1.2 million in compensation for the 2013 fiscal year. He missed out on half of his potential bonus if the company struggled in mobile devices. Received a bonus of $550,000, 79% of his base salary, for 12 months into June 30th. He was eligible for as much as 200% of his base. Microsoft's board cited disappointing sales of its Surface tablet and difficulties in the PC market for its assessment of the CEO's performance. Steve Ballmer is probably going to go down in history as the guy who couldn't quite drive the car that was Microsoft. He's overseen it for 10-plus years. 
and there's no other way of looking at it other than it's been a disaster. I mean, maybe you could say they're well-positioned in Enterprise and they're well-positioned in Xbox. But what you know them for, their Windows software, which ran your computer, it's a disaster. Google's Android software has just been eating their lunch. Apple's iPad, any advantage that Microsoft had on operating system was gone because suddenly people were buying different types of computing devices. It'll be interesting to watch that one unwind. Potbelly. Big IPO today, right? Um, Chicago-based purveyor of made-to-order toasted sandwiches, more than doubled in trading. Nice move, huh? They're expanding into cities like Portland, New York. Noodles and Company's first U.S. restaurant IPO this year, also doubled. I know you're saying, who the hell is Noodles? I don't even know. Um... McDonald's, Yum Brands, these are all companies that you would compare to at this point in time, which is what investing is all about. It's not about saying, I've got this great idea, I'm going to go buy Google. It's comparing Google to somebody else and then buying that. Pot Valley plans to use the funds from the offering um, basically to pay down some debt and to grow the company. So... 7 million shares. A lot of IPOs have done very, very well this year by financially engineering them correctly to kind of pop when they were released. Twitter's going to make a lot of millionaires into billionaires. Um, it's good to be that person. Um, what else do we got right now? Best Buy cuts iPhone 5C price in half. Okay, this is interesting. The iPhone 5C's price is cut in half at Best Buy just two weeks on the market. What's interesting about that is Apple's not in the discount business. And the fact that they're letting that happen tells you that there's something really about the 5S or no one really gives a poop about the 5C. Best Buy's selling the 5C, 50 bucks with a two-year contract, only for the next four days. Here's a little bit of the rub. Apple would not let Walmart... Okay, so Apple came out with a discount phone, but they didn't say it was a discount phone. Do you remember when it first came out? It was overpriced, and everyone was like, we thought we were going to get a discount phone. You got the discount phone. They just didn't tell you. They're letting Best Buy tell you. They're letting Walmart tell you. Phone normally sells for $100 on contract, which means Best Buy is selling at the half-off. Consumers buy the 5C at Best Buy get a $50 gift card that they can apply to the phone on the spot. They're also doing the same thing with Samsung's Galaxy S4. The iPhone 5S does not get a discount. Nine. Analysts have been saying the demand for the 5S is significantly stronger than the 5C, which, again, makes sense in the United States because we want more. And we get that two-year contract where we're able to feel like, hey, we can justify this. So the 5S is $100 more than the 5C on a two-year contract. And over that time, it's worth it for most Americans to be on the higher end. Ross McGowan sells hot tubs. He once was a credible news journalist in the Bay Area. Now he sells tubs that old people can walk in and out of. If you ever see me do that, spit on me. I know, I know. Hot tub standing up business has got to be something, right? Someone wants it. Rob, like any money, I'm Rob Black.
I typically don't trust people named Brandon. You just have a look to them. I don't like bluegrass music, but I like bluegrass festivals. I'm not sure why. Anything to do in the city of San Francisco in the month of October, I'm basically in. You had me at October in San Francisco. Having lived in San Francisco, it is truly a glorious month. So hopefully you get out this weekend. Free. You're going to have to deal with parking or you're going to have to deal with getting there. But other than that, it's a good time. Good time had by all. Um, Alcatraz still shut down. Cliff House shut down. Cliff House. I know you're saying that's government. That surprised me a little bit, too. So people make mistakes. And when it comes to financial issues, you need to limit the mistakes to make. Because it's your money. And you work really, really hard for your money. I'm stunned at how many people send their kids to get a degree in poetry. Now, again, do I really, really, really mean that? No. If that's what you want to do, then good God, do it. I'm not going to judge you. Maybe I will judge you. <laughs> Maybe I'll go like, I'll pass you by while you're looking for a handout and go, you should never have gotten a degree in poetry. Did didn't your mother tell you? Um, I did something kind of fun a couple months ago, and I found this really super old book. I've got some books from the 1950s on manners. They're awesome. I got some books on dating in the 1950s that are awesome. Like, I kind of like that throwback nostalgia. Um, I don't know. It's, I know you're saying, now you're showing yourself to be a complete loser that doesn't have anything to do in the weekends. That's true. True. There's a book written by Napoleon Hill. He was a Great Depression-era author. He was a former advisor of Franklin Roosevelt. He interviewed 500 successful people in the country. Now, that alone tells you, like, the guy had too much time on his hands. But he wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich. It became one of the best-selling books of all time. I don't know if I can actually quantify that. I might be making that up. But it was a best-selling book. I do know that. Um, he had some funny things in it, like... Wishing will not bring riches, but desiring riches with a state of mind that becomes an obsession, then planning definite ways and means to acquire riches and backing those plans with persistence, which does not recognize failure, will bring riches. Um, I've got a friend who is hustling. She's taking classes at night. She's, you know, doing odd jobs. Someone wants, you know... Uh, a map specialist, she's like, she'll be there with, on a dime with a smile. She'll get rich because she's hustling and she's, she's determined to do it over time. But I love the phrase, wishing will not bring riches. I smile to the point that it's, in, it's inappropriate. If I'm at a convenience store and I see people buying lottery tickets. Because they're wishing they're going to get rich. And all they're doing is throwing their money down a crap hole. What's fascinating, I saw someone at a convenience store once scratch off the barcode at the bottom of the lottery ticket, not lottery ticket, but um, uh, scratcher, 
and just put it in the machine to see if you want. He even like see if he had three sevens or whatever the game was. B I N G O. He didn't do any of that. He just scratched off the code to see if he won, put it in, and he's like, oh, there goes two dollars. Literally, people throw money away. So wishing will not bring riches. So this this guy who wrote this book, Napoleon Hill, he put it down in writing in a beautiful way. First, fix in your mind the exact amount of money you desire. Have a goal is what that means. When I was 18, I said I want a million dollars by 35. You know what my goal was? To be 35 years old and have enough money to live till the day I died. As a single guy, I could do that. I was probably going to have a, a female on my side, and we're going to sell oranges at the beach in some tropical area of the world from 35 till the day I died. That was my goal, because I had figured out half my life would be over at that point. I have another half, and I should really get away from the machinations of, of business in any way, shape, or form. So I had a goal. Second, he says in his book, determine exactly what you intend to give in return for the money. You don't get something for nothing. Okay, so my goal to get a million dollars is $166 a month. For five years would be $10,000. And to let that grow over time. My goal was to do more as I got older and to you know get better than market returns, which were available at that time. Third, establish a definite date when you intend to possess the money you desire. Mine was 35. I had... I'm going to work my butt off from 18 to 35, and then I'm done. So do you see how you have to have goals? You have to figure out how to fund your goals. You have to have a date that you can stop funding it. Fourth, create a definite plan for carrying out your desire and begin at once. I kind of mess that up with determine exactly what you intend to give in return. Um, so I had to work is what I had to give. So I had a goal of a million, then I had to work to get money. Then I had a date... And then I had to figure out how much to fund it with. And then write out a clear, concise statement of the amount of money you intend to acquire. Name the time limit. State what you intend to give in return. Describe clearly the plan. Is this not the simplest way to get wealthy? It is. It's, it's a good blueprint. I know people that want to marry wealthy. That's fine. Just know that wealthy people know how to play you. So you have to learn to play the game very, very well. Six, read your written statement aloud twice daily, once just before retiring at night, and once when arising in the morning. As you read, see and feel and believe yourself already in possession of the money. When I was a little boy, I think I was eight or nine, I had a crush on a girl named Carol. And I carved my initials into the tree, RB plus CM. It made it kind of true. Now, it didn't exactly work out for me and Carol. I probably moved away. She probably met a stronger, bigger, faster Rob. She probably has 18 little children now. She's Octomom. Yes, I was in love with Octomom. It's embarrassing to admit, but it's true. So it turned out okay for me, too. Um, But by writing it down makes it very, very true. I see so many people who... We'll be like, I'm going to like invest money in the 401k. I'm going to max it out. I'm going to do it. But then they never do it. I see a lot of people are like, I'm going to, I knew to buy Facebook when I was at 18, but they didn't buy Facebook when I was 18. So you got to start writing the stuff down, people. Anyway. Um, 
800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Markets are up today based on the idea that this weekend there's going to be some sort of grand compromise. That's a little bit off. That's a little bit, you better be careful because I don't play short-term bets like that. I have no faith in politicians that they're going to, you know, do what's expected. But that's what Wall Street's saying today. And maybe maybe Wall Street knows something I don't. And maybe I can make a fortune by lining up a short-term trade on this. But not me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Alice, Alex Rodriguez is suing Major League Baseball over the witch hunt. <laughs> oh, if there's nothing we've not learned about Lance Armstrong and Alex Rodriguez, moms, dads, Feed your kids hormone-treated milk. Don't get the hormone-free. Get the extra hormones. Make them big boys. And then when they go off to college, say, you go find a scientist and you dope. And you put as many drugs in your body as you can because you'll get a $250 million contract. And you'll be able to sue the people that gave you that money. Cheating pays. It pays well. Alex Rodriguez, the New York Yankees third baseman, sued Major League Baseball and Commissioner Bud Selig accusing them of trying to destroy his reputation and career. One thing about Alex Rodriguez, Derek Jeter says nothing. Derek Jeter's just quiet. You can't get any dirt from him. Rodriguez talks a lot. In his lawsuit, he uh, refers to his 211-game suspension as unprecedented, longest non-permanent ban in baseball history, vigilante justice, Commissioner Selig and Major League Baseball persistently have employed powers not available to them under the collectively bargained agreements between Major League Baseball and its union in order to make an example of Mr. Rodriguez. Wow. (sighs) Testosterone, human growth hormone of multiple years, obstructing and frustrating the game, hurting the image of the game, in my opinion. Uh, Performance enhancing drugs. Are Are you still in the playoffs? How did they do in their first game? Did they play a game? I don't think anyone knows. I'll check during the break. I'll give you an update when we come back. Little bluegrass festival for you. This weekend, San Francisco. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Oh, and you're going to let me be. Percent. And that's our Bloomberg Market Minute. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. We should start a war. Not with Iraq. No, 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 no. I'm not thinking Middle Eastern. I think the hipsters versus old people in America. Just duke it out. Hipsters don't shave. They're saving a lot of money on razors. That money that they're saving, they could buy weapons and arm themselves against old people and take them on. Old people who don't pay income taxes to help support the Social Security system that they're draining. 
old people who don't pay taxes to help the police and the firefighters protect their cities that they're living in. They just sit inside all day long watching Maury Povich. The hipsters should go after them because the hipsters don't have TV. they got nothing but time on their hands. The Lumineers, ultra hipster bands. I do have some opinions about, like, Prop 13. I think it's hurting our state. I do have some opinions about networking and how important it is to get that first job as soon as you can. I study businesses from afar. And I, I honestly, and I don't know if you do this, but there's some people I'm like, how are they going to survive to 50, 60, 70 years old? Like, they have no networking skills whatsoever. They have no social skills. They have the lowest paid job, and they're comfortable with it. I met someone last year whose sister was basically a loser. Uh, nice person, but a loser. Um, lived on California disability because she had some vaguely defined mental illness, but trust me, she was fine if you talked to her. Like, and she was happy living on California disability, and she'll be on it her whole life because she doesn't want to get a job. She doesn't want to further her career. That's That stuns me because... That disability is not a lot of money. It's not a good living. And you rely on other people in your life to like always help you out. John Boehner looks like it's starting to get a little bit stressful. Gordon Ramsay's former New York City restaurant loses both of its Michelin stars. You know what's interesting about Gordon Ramsay? He's ruined TV. He single-handedly has ruined TV. I got you know, I, I I went really far last year in developing national show. I got really a good taste of it, and then finally after we tested a couple scenarios, they're like, "Can you yell?" I'm like, "Like Gordon Ramsay? No, no, I'm not going to do it." And but what I can tell you, and this is really really horrible. Any of you who watch reality TV, it, you're all being duped. It is all fake, 100 percent. And I find Gordon Ramsay just to be vile. I find him to be erratic. I find him to have a lack of transparency. His meals are probably very, 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 very good. But aren't we all a little tired of Hell's Kitchen or Bad Kitchen or Good Kitchen Rescue? Or Haven't we all seen that enough already? His foul-mouthed outburst. Master Chef Junior in America. I, I think we've seen enough. So, do, do any of you know contestants on these types of shows? Like, I personally have never like been watching Survivor or Big Brother or a chef show and go, "Hey, look, it's my Uncle Phil or my my third cousin Eddie." Does anyone know who's ever gone to like watch a Price is Right? I actually know one person who's watched Price is Right live. My sister had a fantasy. This is funny. She wanted my family to play um, Family Feud. It was a big, big, big thing for her. Like, she tried to get our family on numerous times. And we all kind of let, let her do her thing. I know. So, uh, big movie weekend. 
Chris Pine's going to be the, in the next Tom Clancy book, movie, whatever. As a younger Jack Ryan. I guess I like Chris Pine well enough. He's likable. Um, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516. Who knew this? Stephen Colbert marries a couple after their Jefferson Memorial wedding was canceled by the shutdown. How great would it be to be married by Stephen Colbert? Honestly? Seriously? Any woman out there who can get Stephen Colbert to marry us, I'll marry you. Okay? I'll put that in writing. The government may be shut down, but Stephen Colbert is taking things into his own hands. Good for you, Stephen Colbert. So who knew that you can get married at the Jefferson Memorial? That's a cool one. I don't know if you know it, but... If you ever get to D.C., do the monuments at nighttime. It is so much better than doing the monuments at daytime. In the daytime, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people there. They're from Arkansas. They're one-tooth willies. They smell bad. Their children are fat oopaloompas. They're fat oopaloompas. They don't have necks. You're like, how do you live without a neck? You're just one big head on, a, on shoulders. So, anyway, if you ever do the tour, do it at night because the monuments are lit and the parking's super easy. Or you could just walk from monument to monument to monument. It's incredibly romantic. Don't tell your girl that I told you this, but there's a good chance, like, she'll be, like, how romantic. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so Stephen Colbert got a couple, brought him up to New York, and they're Jefferson... Uh, Memorial wedding was canceled. Smokey the Bear served as best man. Who doesn't love Smokey the Bear? I love Smokey the Bear. Anyway, um, <laughs> he even had the bride let him. He let her hold his Emmy. Like seriously, is that not the perfect wedding? Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Oh, and by the way, I, I strongly believe in eloping or being married by Colbert. None of this three hundred guest thing. From Like Your Money, maybe I'll be back on Monday. We never know. We never know after this performance. We never know. Take care. Good day. Adieu. Adieu to you and you and you. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.